But God's has been moving in my heart and my, in my spirit this past week. And, man, God's allowed me to be, man, he's, just, he's been moving in my heart. I, I was able to preach a revival this past week. And, and uh, on the way to revival, I was missing being here at home. And I was riding there, and I was kind of complaining. I was like, God, I, I'm going to go here, and these people are, are going to be, they just, they just want me to come, just say they had revival. They ain't going to really listen. And he, like, told me in the truck, Jeremy, you just shut up and preach. And I said, yes, sir. And God did an amazing work in that church and in some people's lives there. And, and God's just really teaching me that it's not about my kingdom, it's about his. And that's what this series is about. It's about his kingdom coming to earth. And the way his kingdom comes to earth is through us. It's through you and I living it out every single day, living the gospel out every day. God's word says that we glorify him when we live in a way pleasing and honors him. When we follow Jesus, when we do his will, when we serve God, when we obey God, when we walk away from things that don't please God, it gives God glory, and that is our purpose, to give God glory. So uh, we're going to get started in Mark chapter 4 this morning. And as you turn, and i got a confession to make. Um, sometimes when things could, it comes from my head to my mouth, it gets messed up. Anybody, anybody got that problem? Amen. So y'all can... Y'all can't judge me. Y'all on my same level. Two weeks ago, I was preaching, and, and I said that I killed seven sheep. <laughs> and I meant to say that seven sheep were still alive. I'm not that bad of a shepherd. Uh, but but um, uh, three of them died of natural causes. It wasn't none of my... The, but I had to clear that up because I've had all kind of people, man, seven sheep, you horrible. I was like, oh, come on. I mean, it ain't that bad. So, um, you know, when we talk about the kingdom, we talk about all these things. Jesus is the on-ramp to the kingdom of God. Amen? Everybody, you, know, you can believe what you want to believe, but everybody's not going to heaven. Everybody's not going to make it to heaven. Everybody that's sitting on a church pew this morning ain't going to heaven. Only those that are pleading the blood of Jesus, only those that are, that are truly following Christ are those that are going to make it to heaven. And, it's not, when, and when, when you get that, you realize that it's not about me, it's not about my kingdom, it's not about what I want, but it's about his kingdom, and your whole life is to pursue him. Whatever he wants you to do, you will do, because it's about him and not you, amen? And that's what, and God wants us to bear fruit. God wants us to bear fruit so that the, the fruit of our lives show that we are his. There's fruit in our life that glorifies God. When somebody that comes to church every week and, and they're just going through the motions and they're the same dirty, nasty person they always have been, they go to work, that don't glorify God because they see there's no change. It shows there's no power in the name of Jesus because that person never really met Jesus. But when you just see somebody that's been bound, that's been addicted, that's been hurt, and God delivers them from that thing, and they leave there and there's that joy about them. And they say, hey, you used to be a drug addict, but now... Now, now you're following Jesus, you're clean, you're sober, what's going on? There's power in the name of Jesus, amen? It shows, it gives God glory. And us just going through religion doesn't glorify nobody but ourselves. And I feel like God's tired of our religious activity, and he wants us to have a heart of his. He wants his kingdom to come into Jenkins County. But the only way that's going to happen is we have got to get on his agenda, amen? amen. And the way that happens is that we've got to realize that he is more important than our lives. He is more important than my agenda. He is more important than my comfort. And we get that. Things change. You know, one of the, one, this is one of my most favorite parables in the Bible because 
Everybody assumes that they've been sown on good seed, on good soil. Everybody, everybody assumes that they came and they've heard a, heard a message and, and, and they may have raised their hand one time, they may have got baptized, and they assume that they are good to go. But everybody that goes to church is not saved. Jesus was talking about four different people in this parable of the sower. I told y'all the wrong one. Four, not three. Four, I'm sorry. I can't even read my own writing. But anyway, it, it talks about four different people. And it, these are four different seeds that are sown. These are four different people in the church today. I'm confident there's four different. There's, there's, is that each category of people that Jesus talks about right here? You're sitting in my midst this morning. And he says in verse four, chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. While all the people were all along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And by teaching, he says, he says, listen. He started out by listen, okay? Listen, he says. Exclamation mark. Listen. A farmer went out and sowed his seed, and he, as he scattered the seed, some fell along the path. And birds came and ate it up. Some fell on, on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came and grew up and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, 60, and 100 times. Jesus ended that verse. It says, Jesus says, whoever has ears, then let him hear. Jesus started that parable by saying, listen to me. And he ended it by saying, if you got ears, let's, I hope you hear this. That's important. Jesus is saying, this is important. Why is it important? Because we, it's important that a Christian, a true follower of Jesus, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to change. You're not going to remain the same. You're going to desire more. You're going to desire to be closer to Christ, not just going through the motions anymore. And Jesus explains it to his, to his disciples in verse 13. He says, then Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand any, any parable? The farmer sows the word. And some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they, as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it, the word away. It was sown to them. Others are like the seeds sown on rocky places where the word at once was at, at once received with joy. But since it had no root, it lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others are like seeds sown among the thorns. They hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And other seeds sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. And what Jesus is saying is that there's two classes of people in reality either those that are bearing fruit and those that are not. And he kind of broke it to those that are not a little bit 
more detail so you understand where you're at this morning. See, it's important that people of God are bearing fruit. We're, we're changing, right? We're, we're, we're producing more. We're growing closer to Christ. We desire him more than anything else. And if we're, and if we're gonna be the, we're gonna be that lighthouse on the hill, if we're gonna be the people that, that, that are out there witnessing, telling the community about Jesus, there gotta be some fruit in our life. Amen. The only way that happens. He talks about the seed on the path. See, people that come in and they, they come in and they leave every week. They come and leave and they, they, they got their hard heart. Their heart is hard. There's something happened. I don't know what makes people's hearts so hard. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's a bad church experience. Maybe it's judgmental Christians. Maybe it's Christians that claim to be living like Jesus but are not. Maybe those things harden their heart. Maybe it's a, something happened in their life. Maybe something, hey, if your heart's hard today, I don't know your heart. I don't know what happened. But maybe, maybe somebody close to you died. And you're mad at God. You're upset at God. You've been mad for a while. You've been bitter. You've been angry. And you just don't want to hear that. Like, oh, not, not today, Jesus. I don't want to hear that today. You come to church all the time. No, not today. Not today. Because you don't want to deal with that burden in your heart. And God's saying, look, when you do that, you're, you're, you're putting, you're hardening your heart to me. You're putting me, you're pushing me away. You're saying, I'd rather live in my misery more than I would live close to you. That's what we're saying. And a hard heart is dangerous because what it does, it keeps pushing Jesus off and off and off, and eventually you'll be so numb to the Holy Spirit that one day you won't even hear him. We've got to be careful of that. And I know life is tough. I know life is hard. That's why it's so important that we are pleading the blood of Jesus every day in every circumstance, every situation that we're clinging to him. Because if we're not clinging to Jesus every single day, then you're going to allow stuff to come in there and put a wall up between you and the Lord. And you're going to make that hardness, there's going to be that hard wall there. It's going to be like when I was a kid. Daddy used to say, Jeremy, he gave me that one of BB gun. You know, when you was a kid, that little Christmas story, you'll shoot your eye out, son. I was hard-headed. You know, I'm going to shoot at everything. Daddy's tire was right there. I caught that thing. I was shot at it. BB said, phew, ricocheted off of it. That's a lot of y'all how your heart is this morning. Your heart is just like that tire. It just the bounces off of it. Don't penetrate it. But when, when your heart is truly pliable, you really want it. Let me tell you what happens. When you, you hear God's word, it takes root. It don't bounce off. You can't come in and out of church every week and not change if you are truly following Christ and there truly has been a difference in your life. See, following Jesus demands change, not staying the same. That's what we got to realize. And that's what we got to preach with our lives, church. The second group of people was the ones where the seed fell on the rocky ground. It didn't take root. It didn't take root. It sprouted up. It's kind of like a, a sparkler. You know, Fourth of July, you light that sparkler, it just, psh, and then all of a sudden, it's out just as fast as it started. You know, people that, that claimed that they, they had an emotional experience where, where they felt the Holy Spirit and they wanted to give him your life, but yet that's all they wanted. They wanted that emotional experience, but not that relationship. Jesus wants you to have a relationship, not just an emotional experience. Let me tell you something. If you truly have a relationship with Jesus, you'll have those emotional experiences every day. God will come and dine inside of you. That's when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. I see a lot of you waving. I meant to tell you that the air conditioner messed up, and I'm sorry, but that's a good indicator because y'all know that if you think this is hot, <laughs> y'all better get right. But that's why it's so important that we, see, it didn't have deep roots because the ground was shallow. 
That's why it's so important. We have deep roots. I tell this story a lot on Sabrina, Anna, but she's gotten so much better, and she's sitting here so y'all can, y'all can pick at her later. But when we first got married, she had a, green, she had a brown thumb, but it wasn't green. Like, people would give her plants, and it, they would die. My mama gave her a plant one time, and I was like, Mama, just be prepared. The next time you come, that plant is not going to look the same. And that thing was so dead. When my mama and daddy came back, and when you, you touched it, it disintegrated. That thing was dead, dead, dead. But she's gotten better. There was a time when, when she quit work and she was going back to college. And, and uh, when she was going back to college, she came home from Lowe's one day. And when she came home from Lowe's, she had like $150 worth of flowers in the back of the car. And I'm like, oh, my God. Might as well burnt that $150 because they finna die. All that's going to be dead. And she, she said, no, baby, I promise. I'm, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do this. I was like, all right. You better. And she, man, let me tell you, she took those flowers, she planted them, and, and uh, she, she diligently watered those things every day. It was like an obsession. Every day, she, she was determined that those things were going to live. One night, we was laying in bed, and she jumped up, and I thought something was wrong, like she heard somebody break in the house, or the house was on fire. I was like, what you doing? She said, oh, I forgot to water my, my, my flowers. I was like, oh, Lord, that's it. But the thing is, those flowers started growing because she was intentional on watering them. And the reason so many people don't have deep roots because they're not intentional in watering the seed that was planted in their heart. And if you're not intentional with watering that every single day, it's intentional with, with getting in God's Word, spending time with God, getting those deep roots so that when trouble hits you, when it's dry, when it's dry sometimes, see, sometimes you're not going to hear from God. And when those dry times, you can hang on because you've got deep roots. God's calling you, church, to have deep roots. Because if you've got shallow roots, when junk hits your life, what you going to do? You're going to run away from God. And there's a lot of you in this room that's been running away from God because you don't have deep roots. you got this church religion, not Jesus religion. And he don't want church religion. He wants you to know his word and know what he loves, know what he dislikes so that you may please him. Amen? This past week, I was cutting out a line right by a creek, and there was this huge oak tree. I mean, it was a huge oak tree. Thing been there hundreds of years. I mean, it was huge. It was blown over by the storm. And I walked down that line, and I seen that oak tree, and I was like, man, that's such a waste. Such a waste. How? And I, I mean, I said it out loud. You know, I talked to myself in the woods when I'm by myself. I was like, how did that even happen? And it's like the Lord spoke to me. He says, that tree got comfortable because it was by the water, and it didn't think it needed deep roots. And when I looked at the tree, the root ball on it was maybe maybe 10 foot around with no tap root. It was all right with surface level. See, some of y'all are okay with surface level religion. Some of y'all are okay with just making it look like you're following Jesus on the surface, but deep down, there ain't no root there. Deep down, there ain't no desire there. Deep down, there ain't no passion to serve Jesus. And he wants you to have roots this morning. And the only way we're gonna make it, the only way that's gonna be a difference in your lives is if your roots run down deep into the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only way that happens. If we're okay with just surface-level religion, you'll keep coming in and out of this place dead and unchanged because I did it for years. But he's calling you today to have deep roots. And the only way you do that is just dive into God's word. Take him at his word. Follow him. The, thir the third one was the ones that fell along the thorns. He says that... Uh, 
It says, verse 18, says, still others are like the seed sown among the thorns. They hear the word and the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful, unfruitful. So the opposite of unfruitful is what? Fruitful, right? He wants us to be fruitful. See, there's a lot of things in our life right now that choke out. There's a lot of thorns. A lot of us in this room are struggling with thorns in our life right now. That's the third group of people that heard the word, that had all the great intentions, they were going to follow Jesus, you know, but, but yet as life progressed, things become more important than Jesus. Things more, became more important than my time with Jesus. Things became more important than, all right, Holy Spirit, come on in here with us. Everybody on the back row here, they living right because none of them jumped. But the thing is, the one with the thorns, they've just drowned out by life. Well, what's your thorn this morning? What's keeping you from, from, from really pursuing God? Maybe today you, you, maybe you had a true experience. Maybe you were truly going to be follower of Jesus. Maybe you were, you were really pursuing God at one time, but then, you really, then, then it's like he became an afterthought. It was just, I'll, I'll do that later. I'll get back right later. I'll do this later. And you keep putting God off. Because work's more important. Huh? I, I, I'll, I'll read my Bible later. I got, I got sleep's more important. We put our children in front of God. And, I, and I, you know, I never could understand that until I had pacing. And now it's like, Lord, I just, let me get some sleep some days. And he's a great child. And I'm, all, I'm thankful that he did he, But right now he's teething, and it's horrible at my house right now. But I understand that because there's a fight for sleep. So there's some mornings it's it's like, all right, I need to get up and spend some time with God because if I don't spend time with him right now, I'm not going to spend any more time with him today. And there's a fight saying, would you rather have sleep or would you rather have Jesus? And there's some times that I allow the thorn of that to come in my life. And and what I have to do, I have to get up every morning and slay that thing. And if I don't take time in the morning, I feel empty inside. So I got to pursue him later in the day so that I don't miss him that day. Are you pursuing him that way? We allow, we allow our kids' activities to come in. We got softball. We got baseball. We got soccer. We got gymnastics. I can keep making a list. We got all these things that the kids are doing. And we put our kids as an idol in our life instead of Jesus. And I know this may be hard for some of you guys this morning. I want to be real with you. It's about Jesus, nothing else. It's him first and then everything else. And when we start living that way, there'll be fruit in our lives that shows that, and it will glorify God. There'll be less and less stuff happening on Sundays when Christians start standing up and saying, I'm going to church, I'm not going to the ball game. Because that ain't most important to me. We would paint a picture to our kids saying, I want Christ for you more than I want ball for you. I want Christ for you more than I want the lake for you. I want Christ for you more than I want the hunting trip for you. We got to be them people. If we want to expect change, we got to be the change. We got to be intentional with removing those thorns in our life. What's the thorn in your life? Because thorns choke out the productivity of the gospel in your life. And he wants you to bear fruit. Amen? And if we're not pursuing Christ, we're putting all this stuff in front of Jesus, we will never be used by him. Because we're telling him by the way we live our life later. Later. 
I was reading in Deuteronomy this morning and where God was telling the Israelites that thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Not of wood, not of, he went, he went making a list. How many, people, how many of us in this room have got idols in our life? We may show up to church every week, but we've got idols there. It's a thorn because we worship those things more than we worship God. And God's saying, if, he, if we want God's kingdom to come on earth, we want to be used, we want to see a glorious awakening happen in our county, then we've got to put him first, amen? We've got to remove those thorns. We've got to remove those things. And the fourth one was the one where the seed fell on good ground. It says that, that uh, the seed was sown on good soil where they hear the word and they accept it and they produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. You know what that tells me? That when you truly follow Jesus, when something truly happens, you're going to grow exponentially. It didn't say it will double. It didn't say you'll grow a little bit. It says 30, 60, or 100 times. There'll be a great difference, right? I remember my daddy, daddy, my daddy planted an apricot tree when I was a kid, and he wanted that thing to grow so bad. He planted, he fertilized it, and about three years, it grew about this much, and it had one apricot on it. It looked like a Charlie Brown tree. That old apricot had it leaning over. I mean, it was horrible. Daddy had it barricaded off so that no animal could get to it. He was just waiting for that apricot. But no matter what he did, it wouldn't produce no more fruit. It was planted in bad soil. That's what's wrong with it. It should have been transplanted. Daddy should have checked the soil before the seed was planted, but it wasn't. He planted it and just watered it and, and threw everything he could at it, but it never would do nothing. Funny thing about that apricot is when it got ripe, my daddy was like lusting over this apricot. He was like, I'm going to get my first apricot. Well, what he didn't know is my little brother loved apricots too. <laughs> and daddy never got that apricot. But the thing is, we've got to make sure that our lives are positioned in a way that when the seed's planted, it's found on good soil, that we're watering it every day. And the thing is, if it hasn't taken root in your life, chances are there's some bad soil in your heart. Something needs to be needed. Maybe there's some hardness in your heart. Maybe there's some junk in there that you need to get rid of. Maybe there's some bitterness. Maybe, maybe there's some thorns in your life. But church, I'm going to tell you, nobody in this room is exempt from this word. And when you truly are following Jesus, there will be fruit of repentance. There will be fruit of a change. That I was once going this way, but now I'm going this way. There won't be, there won't be it that, you know, I was going this way, but now I'm going this way. You know, I got a little bit of the world and a little bit of Jesus, and I'm good. That ain't what my God says. You will turn away, and that glorifies him. God wants all of us in this room to be bearing fruit of repentance, showing that we are a changed, transformed child of God. Not a, not a religious man or woman going through the motions. And until we get a hold of that, nothing's going to change in our community. Nothing's going to change in this church. Nothing's going to change in our lives. I preach every single week like I'm a, I feel like I preach every week like I'm dying. And I want people to get it so bad, but the reality of it is, you've got to want it. You've got to want it. The amount in which the gospel is sown in the community is the amount in which we as God's people want it. And we're painting a picture to the world of saying, I don't want it that bad. 
you know, when we, when we first get saved, we still first start, we claim we're following Jesus. Let me tell you what, let me back up. When you're born, God gives you a blank canvas and God gives you a brush. And every single day, you're putting a stroke on that, on that canvas. Every day. Every day, you're putting a stroke on that canvas. Every single day. Every day until the day you die. And some of us, when we die, when they take the painting of our life, they put it up there for everybody to see. It's going to be a cross. Praise Jesus. It'll be a cross. But there's a lot of us in this room. It'll be a self-portrait. Because we lived the entirety of our life for ourselves and not for Jesus. We did what made us feel good. We did what was comfortable. We did what was acceptable. We did whatever it took to make us look good instead of Jesus. And that is not what being planted in good soul looks like. And God's called us as his church to be people that are planted in good soul. John 15 is one of my verses that just always stuck with me. And he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. While every branch that does, not, that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You've already, you're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. He says, remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. You remain in me and I in you. You will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me like you remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. This is to glorify, I'm reading ahead, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Being a disciple of Jesus, being a true follower of Jesus is shown by what? The fruit the fruit of our lives. And the fruit of our lives glorifies God, right? But you don't do that unless what? He said it how many times? Probably five times in there. If you remain in me, we got to remain in Jesus, amen? The way of, way of he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, let me tell you, a grapevine will not produce if you cut the branch off. If it's cut from the branch, what's separating you from Jesus if you're not producing fruit? If there's no fruit in your life showing that you're truly saved, there's no difference in your life. I'm telling you, this is real life stuff here, church. This is eternity that is at stake here. This is the difference in which we make in a community. If we are truly abiding in Jesus, if we're truly stuck in him, then we will bear fruit. Fruit of forgiveness. We won't hold on to bitterness. We won't, we won't, we won't, we won't desire the things of the past. We won't be an adulterer. We won't sleep around. We won't stay in a, in a relationship that don't please God. We won't do those things because we are bearing fruit of the gospel, amen? But if we are still involved in those things, then that's producing fruit of the flesh and it's showing there's thorns in our life and that ourselves is more important than Jesus. And God's wanting us to bear true fruit. God's wanting us as a church to bear true fruit so his kingdom can come, amen? So that's the only way it happens. You know, it's an ongoing process of our sanctification, right? I'm closer to Christ than I was when I first got saved. 
but I'm growing. I'm getting closer, right? I'm walking away from things that don't please him. And when I realize that I'm doing something that don't please God, you know what I do? I cut it off right then. You know, crazy thing about a grapevine that if there's a branch that's got some kind of blight or some kind of disease in it, if you don't cut that off, it'll spread through the whole vine. And some of you in this room, you're bitter and you're mad, but, and, and that bitterness, that hatred, that, that stuff in your life has just, it just, it just consumed you because you never cut it off when it was time to cut it off. We allow those thorns to come in and it makes us unfruitful, unproductive. God's called us to be people that bear fruit. He's been beating that in my head all week, and he, I pray that some of you guys get it. Not just going through the motions. Bearing fruit is what God wants us to be. See, and I, you know, there are a lot of people, he says, if you remain in me and I in you, you bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, a lot of people come to church and they don't feel his presence. I've heard some people say, you know, I just don't feel the Holy Spirit like I have in other places. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of things, the reason that, that you don't feel the Holy Spirit is because there's something in your life that's keeping the Holy Spirit from coming and dwelling in you. Because it, it won't dwell, it, it'll, it'll dwell in a broken heart, but it won't dwell in a dirty heart. You won't feel the power of the Holy Spirit if you're holding on to stuff that don't please God. That's why it's so important that we pour our heart out to God and say, Lord, cleanse me. Get rid of this stuff that don't make you pleased with me so that I can be an object to glorify you. See, that's what it means to bring the kingdom, for God's kingdom to come, for his will to be done on earth that it is in heaven. When we truly get it and we truly live it out, See, God wants to use so many of you in this room to be agents of change in the community. God wants you to be bold in your faith. God wants you to be able to go and pray for people for healing, but yet you won't do it because you're not in that position. You're not close enough to God because you really doubt God. You don't have the faith. God's called us to have faith like children that obey God. When he says go do it, we go do it, amen? But we don't do it because we clutter it up, we complicate it. We worry what people in the community is going to think about us instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to be obedient to God and I'm going to let the chips fall where they fall. God wants to use you. I don't know how many times people, God, there was one time that God laid somebody on my heart to go pray for him, and, and he was like, Jeremy, this person's sick. I want you to go pray for him. And it was specific for healing. And I was like, man, God, them people are going to think I am crazy. I, ain't, I can't do it. I can't do it. They're going to think you crazy. I'm crazy. I just can't do it. And I didn't do it. It ate me alive inside because I was disobedient to God. And what happened was, a lot of times God wants to use you to bless other people, but in, when you obey God, it gives you greater faith, amen? It gives you, more, it, gives you more, it gives you more confidence in what he can do. And what it does, it helps you take closer steps to him. But if you sit there and you, and you want to worry about your own self and your own pride and your own comfort, then what's going to happen is you're going to be standing in this little square and you're going to die in this little square. You'll never experience anything more than what you're sitting in right now. God wants you to step out in faith and say, Lord, change me. Help me, be a, help me be a lighthouse. Help me be obedient. God, I want to do what you want me to do. If you want me to go in the middle of Jenkins, in the middle of the courthouse to stand on my head, I'll do it if this is what you want me to do. But a lot of us, that's silly, and we don't want to do anything that people would think we're silly. But I've realized when I've stepped out of the comfort zone and done what God wanted me to do, no matter what anybody thought, guess what happened? It changed me. It changed me. See, Matthew 7, 
It's so important because Matthew 7, verse 13 says this. says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Only until I started pastoring, only until I started really getting out of my comfort zone when I realized how truly narrow that gate is. When I realized how, how narrow that gate is. Everybody wants to claim to know Jesus. Everybody wants to claim to be a follower of Jesus. And he says that in the last days, many will come and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that in your name? Didn't I prophesy? Didn't I do this in your name? And he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Because they were just going through the motions of religion and they were not truly following him. And he says, narrow is the gate, and only few find it. My heart breaks every week for people showing up to church that's going through nominal religion. That's going through the motion instead of truly pursuing God with all they have. Giving him all you got because you want to glorify him with your heart. And that's what God's called us to be, church. He didn't cause us to be just something that just rolls in. We just roll in through the motions. We show up to church. We drag in here doing things out of obligation. No, we're going to do it because we want to glorify God. Amen. We're doing it because we want to please Jesus. And I wish God gave me a pair of glasses that I could look at all of you and I could say, right, right, right. That one's wrong. That one's right. That one's. And I could go to those that are wrong and I could beg you to get right. I wish, but I don't have that. Only you know where you are. Only you know if, if the sown, the seed that's been sown in your heart, if it has taken root and if it's producing fruit. If it's not producing fruit, then you need to ask yourself, did it fall on good ground? Because it's all about his kingdom, right? Not about mine. What thorns in your life right now? What things are, are in your life right now that, that are causing you not to be fruitful? And you need to cast out. You need to ask God to remove these things. Some of you have been, been struggling for so long, you even doubt the power of God that he can deliver you from things. If that's a thorn in your flesh today, come to this altar and we will lay hands and we will pray for God to remove it from you. I believe in the power of Jesus. I believe God can set the bound free, amen? I believe he can save those that are far from God because he's done it in my life. And when I chose to follow Jesus, he didn't leave me where he found me. He grabbed me by the hand. He said, son, walk with me and I'll show you some things. And every step I take with Jesus, he opens my understanding. Every step I take to Jesus, he makes me more compassionate toward others. Every step I take with Jesus, he makes my desire for heaven grow, grow more. I wake up every morning thinking, Lord Jesus, come today. I want to see him. We're singing that you're the king of my heart. And I'm just thinking, I'm just looking in my mind, thinking about Jesus in that white robe with, that, with a dove on his hand saying, come on in, son. I missed you. But you won't yearn for eternity unless you yearn for Jesus now. And there's a lot of you in this room that's been unfruitful. There's a lot of you that you're not bearing fruit. And he says, out of all the four, the only one, the only one that he was happy with, the only one that, 
that made a difference was the one that buried fruit, the one that allowed it to take root, the one that nurtured that seed planted, one that continued on. Religion's dead, church. Religion's dead. Religion is dead. You hear me? It's only through the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in which we can live this out. But the Holy Spirit will not dwell inside of you if you don't desire to change everything for Him. Some of you got relationships in here that's jacked up bad. You don't know if y'all gonna stay together. You don't know what's gonna go on. You know why? Because there's some fruit in there. There's some bad fruit. There's some thorns in there you need to cut out. You've been holding on to these thorns. You need to cut them out so your relationship can glorify God. There's people in here right now that's been walking through, walking through some of the darkest days of their life. They've been hurt. They've been let down. And they've allowed all that to define who God is. In reality, God's saying, come to me today and I'll break those chains. We've got to be people of faith, church. We got to be people that are saying, you know what, God, I want to have deep roots. I want to, God, just move in my heart. Help me, Lord, desire deep roots. Help me desire you even though my life is a mess right now. I've got all these obligations. Lord, show me which ones I need to cut free today so that I can be used by you. A lot of us like this little boat. We're in the ocean, sailboat in the ocean, and we're just allowing any little wind to blow us any direction. And it's time this morning that you take hold of that, that sail and you turn it into the, into the direction of Jesus. And you quit allowing everything else to dictate who you are and what you do. You quit, you quit allowing everything to dictate how you feel, how you respond. And you hang, you hang hold, you hang hard onto that utter rudder and you sit there and you just hold on to it and go in the direction he's called you to go in. Because nothing else matters in this life but Jesus. Nothing will satisfy you but Jesus. Nothing will give you peace but Jesus. Nothing will give you the security but Jesus. Nothing, nothing, nothing. The decision's yours. But I feel the Holy Spirit. Lord, I feel the Holy Spirit. Y'all just let go today. He wants to do amazing stuff in your life. Some of you have been going to church for your whole life and you never truly experienced His presence like you have here lately. Let go of the things. Just let go today. Say, Lord, do whatever you want me to do. Some of you have been, been trying to reason with God. Trying, you, you want to get it up here before you get it in here. And that's the problem. you got to allow Him in here before you to get it up here. Some of you need to say, God, unlock this stuff in my heart, in my mind. God, Take, take the separation from my mind and my heart away so that I can understand. It's all about Jesus, church. And you will never experience the power of Jesus until you surrender your life to him. You will never experience how good it is. And he's called us to be the light. He says, narrow is the gate, but wide is the road of destruction. If you're not bearing fruit, then you're on that wide road. And you know your heart. 
I want to give you an opportunity right now. If that's me, Jeremy, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm on that broad road. I've been going through religion. I've been going through the motions and I want to surrender my life today. I want to truly give my life to Jesus so that, so that when, if, I, if, if this role is called up yonder tomorrow, if, I, if Jesus comes back today, I will be found acceptable in his sight. If that's you today. Say, that's me. I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to him. means everybody in this room thinks they're right. So I ask you, church, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? And if not producing fruit doesn't break your heart, then you don't know Jesus. And I ask God all the time, they ever going to get it. really going to understand what it truly means to follow you, God? What's going to have to happen for people to really break and say, you know what? I surrender all today. We keep saying is to keep stepping. So what thorns are in your life that you need to give God today? What things do you need to change today? When I start praying, you're welcome to start coming. But don't allow pride to leave you in your seat. It's God's plan for your life for you to glorify Him by the fruit that you possess. So what are you doing with the investment that God's made in your life? What are you doing with the seed planted? When I pray, y'all welcome to start coming. The band will, will come up band playing, y'all, y'all stand and y'all come on to this altar and do business with God. If you need, if you want somebody, if you want special prayer, me and the prayer team will be down here. If you want somebody to pray over you, pray for you for something, pray for some family, that's what we're here for. Well, let's not be people that go in these doors unchanged. Let's make sure that we are truly the people of God. You know, there's a lemon tree at my house my mom and daddy gave me. When they first came to the house, that thing was green and beautiful. After a couple weeks, I began to realize that it's yellow. It ain't dead. It's blossoming. It's fixing to produce some fruit. Sabrina's been watering it, but there's something missing. See, there's something missing in some of you right now. You're, you're, You're pressing in, but there's just something missing in your life. He wants you to surrender right now. Say, God, I don't want the control. You told, you show me what's missing. You know what's bad about that? That lemon tree don't know there's something missing. But everybody else can tell. If something ain't right in your life, everybody can tell. No matter if you want to admit it or not. So let's get serious. Let's get real. And let's get right. Amen. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord. And Father, I pray that the songs we sing are not a bunch of lies, that you truly are, God, the king of our heart, that, God, Lord, that you are the anchor that holds us, God, that, Father, that you are the amazing God 
that we sing about, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you would pour your spirit upon us, Lord Jesus. And God, you would just reveal to us, Lord. Lord, those that haven't wept in years, I pray, God, that you would allow them to weep in the glory that you put upon them right now, God, that you would allow them to feel your presence, Lord Jesus, that they would experience you in a way they never have. God, I pray, Lord, that you would put things in their lives right now, in their mind, that, that their life has been living, the things they've been doing, God, that they need to, they need to shed today, God. I pray, God, they would cut the thorns out, cut the things out that don't please you today, God, so that they may be fruitful, Lord. And then when people see their lives, they will see people that love you and care about you. They don't just talk the talk, but God, they walk it out. And God, if we walk it out intentionally every day for you, that God, when we walk, we'll leave tracks in this community. God, I pray that if right now, that if we're not painting a picture of you in our lives every day, then God, Lord, convict us, Lord, show us, Lord. Help us, God, be your people. Holy Spirit, I thank you for moving. And God, just continue, Lord, to do your work. In Jesus' name we pray.